This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome, everybody, to the Full Scale Outdoors podcast. I'm Dale Luganville. Thank you for joining me. All right, today's guest, we have a waterfowl episode for you. Well, there's a lot going on in it, but if you are from Minnesota or the upper Midwest, you have probably heard of my guest before if you are older than 20. <laughs> Back in the day, before this thing called social media, we had forums where we would get in basically the same arguments and fights that we do on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter that we do today. We just had to go through a little more work to do them. Uh, anyways, there was a site called Minnesota Waterfowlers. And that's where we went to talk duck and goose hunting and plan trips. It's where I met a ton of people. And the owner of that, his name is Matt Keller. Now, in this interview, I accidentally referred to him as Mike, which is his brother. Um, but <laughs> just throwing that out there. Uh, but yeah, so Matt Keller from Minnesota Waterfallers. Um, which is, I don't believe, in existence anymore. But he is on Facebook. He's got YouTube channels, kids on TikTok. He's got a lot going on. Um, this is a really, really fun conversation that I looked forward to having um, just because of the ties that I have with Minnesota Waterfallers and the friends that I've made. Hell, Joel, my ice fishing tournament partner, is uh, that's how I met him. So um, a lot of ties there. It was really fun to talk to him. Now, a little bit of a warning. Uh, we did this over the internet, and there's a reason that Doug and Patrick call me Dial-Up Dale, because my internet out in the sticks is terrible. So there is a few times where the audio gets wonky um, in this one. It gets a little bit robotic, but uh, please stay with it. Fast forward if you have to, if it's, if it's too irritating. So I apologize for um, some of the crappier audio parts, but the conversation in my opinion, more than makes up for that. So uh, uh, stick with it. And if uh, if you're a duck hunter or goose hunter like me, you'll appreciate it. And if you 
share those experiences. If you know what Minnesota waterfaller is, you're really going to like this one. So let's get to it. This is Matt Keller on the Full Scale Outdoors podcast. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. I do the opposite. Like I, I don't go, like I don't hunt the popular spots. I don't hunt the easy spots. So like it's like Swan Lake down by Mankato. Like opening weekend everybody gets like a limit like you want to go get a limit go to swan lake i don't want that circus like i would i would rather paddle in somewhere in my kayak for an hour and not shoot a thing but also not see another person than to be guaranteed my limit but have (laughs) to deal with that at the landing and on the water and all of it no not I'm nice. the same way. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, if there's if it's if it's marked a hunting area on the map, probably not going to hunt there. I mean, they're not all created equal. You know, you go out west, you got some yeah. WPAs and stuff out there that sure. again you walk in and you you can see there's nobody, there's no other trucks parked at the little parking spot. Heck yeah, yeah I'll hunt that. I'll hunt that. Yeah, every day. That, that you know, that's true. Those are yeah. fun. But yeah, I I'm completely on the same page with you with that. Yeah. Well, nope, I, that's good. I've already hit the record button, as is what I usually do. I just start talking. <laughs> <laughs> I try to avoid the Perfect. official like podcast that's where get, interviews. That's where you get the good stuff. That's right. That's right. As soon as yeah. people realize you're being recorded, they they change. They, they freeze up, dude. I literally had one. It was a while ago now, but we had been talking. It was a great conversation. Um, he was super loose, and literally the moment. The headphones went on, just clammed up. It was like pulling teeth trying to get that dude to talk. And finally cracked the nut, but it took like 10, 15 minutes for him to <laughs> finally forget that he was talking yeah. into a microphone and and, yep. and just went. But, yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> but I will introduce Mr. Mike Keller. Um, that is going to be a name that at least – Mike's Mike's my brother. Oh, He's Ma- Matt Keller. Too. Sorry, not Mike. But there is there is a there is a Mike Keller. There is uh, Matt Keller. Sorry about that. Um, that's right. But that's going to be a familiar name to at least the old people like myself <laughs> from back in the day. And there's probably Crazy. some young kids that are familiar with it now. You seem yeah. to be active again on social media, which is how yeah. this meeting came about. Um, yeah. But back when a time before Facebook. <laughs> there was yeah, a time impossible it's impossible there there was a time no instagram what's a, what's a forum yeah no no <laughs> snapchat there was these forums and they were like an online chat group i mean it's a message board right I mean, that's what they're called it wasn't like exactly. an active chat yeah. like you weren't actively chatting with somebody but you would leave a message check it later in the day see all the responses 
And so much like Facebook, but without pictures. And then posting a picture was a pain in the butt. You had to go through a, an entirely different website, photo bucket, post the right no, code. Nobody has a clue what you're saying right now. It's like, no, like a no. dial-up. Dial what? Yeah, I'm literally, I'm literally explaining like how to speak Greek to people. Like there were. You kids don't understand how good you have it. Like we, there was like to post a picture. There were steps involved. Yeah, I mean, even so, before Facebook, and some people are familiar with MySpace. It is still around, but even MySpace, like to make your profile, I remember like you had to do all that same code. You had to go through PhotoBucket. You had to use these weird yeah. codes, and then to, and then a whole different thing. Like if you wanted music in your background, like it was a whole deal. It was a whole process. Yeah. it was none yeah. of this just like. Click, click, boom. <laughs> Missing out. Are. Instant gratification generation. Yeah, there's stuff. There's something to be said for that, you know, but then, you know, our parents would be like, "What's a, what do you mean a computer? What do you yeah. mean, you're, what do you mean yeah. you're talking to somebody in Pennsylvania? Like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Do you have to put a yeah. stamp on it? What do you mean? I don't. Is that toll free? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that was like, <laughs> I mean, it was one of many, but at least for me, like that was my main site for like getting my waterfalling fix yeah and what's interesting like if you want to really go into a like a sociological deep dive into it like the same elements that we have with social media today were there just not like as magnified if that makes sense like you still had some trolls you still oh, had yeah. the, the characters were all there right the the know-it-all you know, the novice, the this, the that, you know, the jokester, the whatever. They're all there. You know, you yeah. post something yeah. and, and just like today, like, well, get ready for the hate. You know, it's just like be a flood, <laughs> just a flood of stuff. <laughs> but it was smaller and I think manageable. I guess you can speak to that because, you know, you're the one that had to moderate that thing. Yeah, so. I could just ban people. That was easy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're gone. <laughs> How many times did you have to do that? Not very many. I was trying to think of that today. I there's a lot of people I wanted to ban, but I I held back. They reined things in, and uh, yeah, I, maybe a couple only. You know, over all the years of owning M, of owning MWF Minnesota Waterfowl, I think, and I can't even think back why. Probably because they you know were not from China and were putting inappropriate sites on the website. That's probably why probably. I banned them. But. Yeah. So how did how did that all come about? Like, I, it never would have occurred to me, like even as somebody I was familiar with forums, I was a part of forums. Like, it never occurred to me to try to create one. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> uh, you know, Minnesota waterfowl is, you know, like a lot of things in life, kind of born out of a kind of like what we're in now. You know, a tragedy or difficult times it was when my father. He, he passed away in 2004 from cancer. He was 50 years old and there's five of us siblings. And before he passed away, he had, he had gathered us all together and said, you know, I'd like to start something, you know, like a family business so that, you know, siblings can work together on uh, to keep us connected. Cause he, he could foresee, you know, as, as he passes away, I mean, he knew his time was short and, you know, as my mom gets older, that, it just is natural. Siblings kind of, you know, spread around and do their own thing. And, and he wanted to create a Minnesota waterfowl magazine. Mm. And, and, uh, 
I don't think he realized how bad we were at English and writing. So for some reason, he thought that was a good idea. But after he passed, I mean, you know, obviously a difficult time, but a sibling's kind of being up together. What do we do with this? You know, we feel like we should honor that. We should away. And my brother, Mike, actually, he says, well, I know a guy, one of his friends, knew some forum, how to create forum. And I'm like, okay, well, we could start a Minnesota Waterfowler forum. And then my other brother, Andy, said, well, I've got a camera. Maybe we should start filming hunts. And, you know, again, we're like, sure, that sounds fun. So, so we really had no idea what we were doing. We didn't even anticipate MWF growing to what it eventually did. We just kind of started it out of respect for my father's wishes and trying to do something as a family together. That's kind of how it came about. That's pretty interesting. Like, I didn't know the backstory. Like, that is, uh, that's kind of crazy that your dad had that, that, that's a pretty unique image or, or a plan for, for his family. Like, that's not, that's pretty yeah. out of the box thinking right there. Yeah. So, all the siblings were a part of it in a way. Uh, there's one girl in the family and she, uh, was kind of a part of it from a distance, but, you know, it was either filming or, editing or creating uh my brother mike i think how we kind of got it got it kicked off do you i don't know if you remember the duck rallies back in the day when they met on the capitol steps yes my brother I, mike, I went to one okay so maybe that's how you found out about mwf i don't know he he went down there with a bunch of flyers after he created a website and just started passing them out to everybody and uh and that's really what kind of launched our first first batch of members and then it just kind of grew word of mouth from there so yeah i don't i don't boy, i can't remember i can't remember when or why i joined <laughs> yeah that might that might have been yeah. it um because the interesting thing is when i got into you know i'm somewhat of an adult onset hunter my family didn't hunt growing up um i was like yeah neighbors all did and stuff like that but i i never went as a kid i hunted a little yeah. bit hunted ducks a little bit in high school and I graduated in 91 and then uh you know I've told this story on the show before but my buddy Jim he had a few bags of decoys that his uncle had given to him and so we would go out and you know we did not know what the heck we were doing and sometimes we would shoot a duck and most times we didn't and uh then one day somebody ended up stealing the decoys out of the back of his truck and then, then that was that I mean we were we were two broke high school kids we couldn't afford decoys so it was like our that that just ended it and it was yeah probably about man going on almost 20 years ago maybe 19 18 years ago something like that i just kind of had a wild hair yeah. i'm like you know i think i'm gonna try hunting again duck hunting you know and i'd kind of yeah. done some bow hunting and stuff but so i i went to fleet farm and grabbed a handful of cheap decoys uh went out on the river where we had a cabin my girlfriend had a cabin at the time Threw a couple wood duck decoys out, a couple mallard decoys out. Ended up shooting a couple ducks, and I was like, "Oh man, this is!" I forgot how much I like this. This is great. <laughs> and so that's that's kind of how it started for me getting back. And you've into, been broke. You've been broke every day since. Oh, seriously, that's uh, <laughs> the amount of money I've spent on this hobby is ridiculous. But I didn't really have because I just on a whim started doing it myself. I didn't really, I didn't have any buddies that, that hunted. So 
Yeah. However, I stumbled upon Minnesota waterfowlers is how I like got the hunting network of people that I still hunt with today. No kidding. Wow. So it's, I'm actually very, when, when we put this, finally scheduled this, like I've been looking forward to this conversation because my brain's been spinning on it and, and it's crazy. The timeline of events, like how I got to even here having a podcast and then talking to you, <laughs> like, like I started guiding snow goose hunts two years ago with premier flight with Dean out of Rochester. Yeah. I guided some honker hunts under my own banner under full scale outdoors here in Minnesota last fall. This is past fall. Cool. Yeah. Um, I got my, I'm in the tournament ice fishing. Now I've been doing, going in my third season tournament ice fishing. My fishing partner for that is somebody I met on Minnesota waterfowler on a, I think a snow goose hunt <laughs> maybe. And then we did a hunt here in forest huh. Lake and just like some my closest friends pretty much all came from my online dating site that my, uh, my yeah. wife called it at the time, you know, it's like, I'm they're like, you're going to meet who? Oh, I'm like, sky, I met yeah. online. She's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's a chat room for adult men. I mean, that's what it really is. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, that's yeah. pretty much how it came down. But, um, yeah. So I mean, here I start by trying to start my own guide business and I have a podcast and I'm working my own brand and, and, I don't. I don't think it's a stretch to say that. I mean, Minnesota waterfowler played a big role in that. That kind yeah, of you know. Wow. So it's very cool. That's, it's. it's that, I'm very. That's really cool. Dale. Excited to be sitting that. with you. Yeah, it's I cool. That. I can only. I can only assume that there's a lot of stories similar to that, because it was. I yeah. mean, When it was at its peak, man, there was a lot of people in that group. Yep, I've got close friends. I mean, Mike Stelzner, I met through Minnesota waterfowler. And, you know, we started about the same time, and him and I, we talk almost every day. Oh, I've and, been meaning to get him you know, on, to reach out to him and get him on, because a friend of mine, Flotty, who I also met, Jeremiah Flotter, oh, yeah. Flotty, I met him yeah. through Minnesota Waterfallers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So one of the other guys I hunt and fish with a lot, um, Joe, who I think his I think his handle was, uh, and that's the thing, everybody had a handle. It wasn't like a real yeah. name. Like you had some, You don't know anybody's real name. No, yeah. No. I was Bam and Jam. And oh, then, yeah. Sweet. I remember. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, because I had a gun, like when I joined, I was like, well, I need a name. And the, the gun I had at the time would was a one-shot wonder. It would go off and then it would jam <laughs> and then it would spend 10 minutes on get, you know, unjamming it yeah, before yeah. I could hunt again. So I was like, oh, Bam and Jam, that's a good name. Um, yeah. Was it? I think it was Walleye Weasel. I think was Joe's name. Yeah, I remember that name too. Pretty sure. Yeah, we. I actually won a sweatshirt in one of your photo contests, and it was Joe with his shirt off and his belly sticking out, <laughs> yeah. picking up decoys. Uh, how how did that win? Because <laughs> it was uh, I must hilarious. Have felt sorry for you guys. Oh, yeah, well, no. oh, you were laughing. Everybody was laughing. Joe was kind of I'm sure pissed, that's awesome. But I was like, yeah, whatever, dude. I got a sweatshirt on it. <laughs> oh man well i still talk to a lot of those guys i mean you know as soon as you start saying the names i remember them you know like yeah. uh that's crazy yeah that crazy. was uh man well h2o fowler i mean he was one of the characters right he was one he of was the, he was a legend he, a legend maybe in his own mind but a legend yeah, nonetheless so. <laughs> yep chuck i don't remember yeah. chuck had a handle though 
Chuck Stemmick. Chuck Stemmick. Yeah. Can't remember. He yeah. might have just been Chuck. Uh, it might have just been Chuck. Yeah, Chuck went on a lot of our Rochester hunts. Of course, Walker. He was big. You know, in, Chuck was big into planning the hunts, like the snow goose oh, he hunts. Loved it. And he was, I mean, he made his own decoys, his own sill socks. Like it was crazy. Like we still, ever, to this day, we'll go, we'll set a spread, and it's a mix of this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, oh, there's, there's a Chuck. There's a Chuck. Yeah. One. Like we're still hunting yeah. with him to this day. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, it would get to the point where he, like, we would meet at Perkins and we'd be planning all this stuff, and then he would never go. <laughs> yeah, I think he just liked the buildup, the, the planning of it yeah. all more he so than the hunt. About it. Yeah, for sure. Well, who doesn't? Yeah. I mean, yeah, no kidding. It was just, that was awesome. Tons, uh, just, God, so much fun. That just seems like such a lifetime ago. It, but yet, it really does. But yet, yeah. it seems like yesterday, too. I don't know how that kind of weird time warp stuff happens, but like those, yeah, like I said, you start you start mentioning those names, and they just all come flooding back. Mr. Lee. And Mr. I, Lee, oh, I yeah. I sold a truck to him. Nice. <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Went with him. Uh, I don't think, no, I never fished with him, but we did, uh, I did buy some rods and reels from him one time. Sure. Oh, uh, yeah. Because he did a lot of bass fishing. Which yeah. I didn't know at the time, but yeah, that's just crazy. It was a, it was a, a crazy time, and it, it was a when I, thinking back on it now, and just like, wow, that's just crazy. Like the yeah, like I almost forgot about it. And then there was like a Minnesota Waterfowler Facebook page, which is yep, no affiliation. Yep. I don't yep. think no affiliation. <laughs> none, none that I know of. Yeah, not that yeah. I think of, but yeah, it seems like so. Then, then you kind of announced that you were selling it or you guys are moving or something that was else i think you you yep. just i don't know if you guys had the foresight you had a magic crystal ball yeah or whatever yeah. it was but you got out at the perfect time like yep. it was real quick after that and i don't by nobody's fault it's like not the, yeah. you know the people that bought it from no. you and any changes they may have made to the form whatever like of no fault of their own here comes this new wave of social media, and that was just the death of the forum. Yep, bury the forums for sure. I mean, and that was just it. I mean, you wouldn't, wouldn't have lasted. Yeah. No, I mean, you got out. I mean, sell high, buy low. I mean, you yep. got out just in perfect yep. time, and yep. I never quite got the full story of of why. So, run us, tell us through that. Like, what was what led up to that, and then what yeah. was the plan? From there, well, you know. I mean, we started the website in 2005. That's the same year we started filming, and uh, we ran it till 2012, and that's when we sold it. And uh, what led up to that is, uh, I mean, this is this is this is my story. So I, you know, whether you're a spiritual person or not, some things can take up too much time. Uh, take time away from your family, take time away from your children, you know, whatever. And for me, as much as I loved hunting as, and as successful as it was becoming, to me, it was becoming like a God. And it was something that I was putting in an inappropriate place above things that should have been more important. Sure. And so I, I could see that coming. And, and as a, as a Christian, I didn't want to live a hypocritical lifestyle where, I was worshiping this thing. I think it's, I still love duck hunting, obviously. Uh, but you know, it was, it was consuming too much of my thoughts, too much of my money, 
compared to what I had spent on maybe more important things in the big picture. And so my wife and kids and I, we sold, uh, not that this is necessary, but we felt like we needed to sell everything and go overseas and just kind of do a reset. And uh, so we decided to do that. In fact, the day we had a garage sale where we sold pretty much everything was the same day the Google satellite flew over and was snapping pictures. And you could look down. You can't anymore, but you could look down on Google Maps and see our freaking huge garage sale. Crazy. From space. No way. Wow. That's and then, uh, yeah, from there we moved chances. to New Zealand, and we went to new, a school in New Zealand, just kind of a basically how to how to do ministry as a family type school. And then from there we went to inner city Australia, and we we're just working with street people, um, refugees, immigrants, just home, a lot of homeless people, working with Salvation Army, and then we came back af- after. I don't know, five or six months, we came back to Minnesota and we're just kind of like feeling, feeling things out, seeing where we're going to land. We kind of we really wanted to be overseas permanently, but uh, it just it didn't work out at the time. And we got a call from a camp in Idaho asking if we'd come run their, their – uh, they have a short-term camp where kids come for a week or so. And so uh, that's how we initially got out to Idaho. That was up in the mountains. Now we live down in Boise. So that's kind of the, the really short – yeah, that's how we, how we got on Amazon. Anyway, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of stories between point A and point B there. Like, that there's, is like, uh, no, I mean, pun intended, I guess. Like, what a leap of faith for you to yeah. just uproot. Like, you must have had some connections over there, or did you just pick a spot on the map? We're like, we're going to New Zealand. We'll figure it out when we yeah. get there. <laughs> no connections. We didn't know anybody until we got off the plane and rented a car from an old man who uh, I had never met. And of course, you know, you're driving on the other side of the road. And I had just flown, you know, 14 and a half hour flight and I'm in the biggest city, New Zealand, you know, and driving on the left side of the car, on the wrong side of the lane, doing backwards roundabouts was the weirdest oh, things no. ever. Now, before we had any roundabouts in this country. Yeah, right. No kidding. And somehow we survived. But New Zealand is, I mean, now it's, that's a special place in our family's heart because Man, who wouldn't want to go to New Zealand? You know, it's just incredible. How did how did you pick New Zealand? Uh, it was the one place that spoke English that had a school specifically for families like what we were doing. So it was okay. a school that we were all in. Uh, that was really the main reason it was New Zealand. It had nothing to do with that. It was New Zealand. That was a sweet perk, though. I mean, there's good so. waterfalling in New Zealand. Yeah, we just missed it. Man. <laughs> we met some farmers too, you know, like a twenty-five bird limit. Yeah. So it seems yeah, but that was that was the year I gave up hunting for the whole year. So I'm, I'm actually glad, you know, that I wasn't there during duck season because it would have been would have been a temptation, a little difficult. <laughs> <laughs> and he would have been yeah. shooting hawkers and mallards just like back home, which is the weird thing. Uh, but though they have paradise ducks out there too, don't they, they? Yeah, incredible, man. When I saw the paradise ducks, I'm like, oh. Yeah, I'd come back for that. Yeah, but I think it's—I've always thought it was weird when you see like uh, places that'll advertise, you know, to come and hunt, and like, you want me to fly literally halfway across the world to hunt the same birds I can hunt right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except for that one weird one. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's like what? Yeah, but you can shoot twenty-five of them. That's true. Know? That part—that part is that—that that part is pretty cool. Um, yeah. 
But I wonder if they honk. Do they have a New Zealand accent when they? Yeah, yeah, they, right, yeah, exactly. double clucking. You know, that's funny. I was just thinking of this story. We were at Game Fair, and uh, you've probably been to Game Fair, I'm sure, and oh, yeah. people listening have been to Game Fair. And there's Waterfellers Hill, and so we were at the top of the hill. Uh, it was Mike and I. We shared a booth, and about four tens down was was uh, Corey Loeffler with with DRC, and he was always cooking something. And so when it was slow with us, I walked down there and still things off the grill. And he, I hear him talking to a, an old man came by, and uh, he asked Corey, Did he, are, these, are these for Minnesota Ducks? Do they sound like Minnesota Ducks? And Corey's like, nah, they're just a duck call. And the guy's like, they sound different. So he kept walking, and I ran down behind all the tents, and I told Mike, I'm like, hey, when this old man comes by, Tell him that this is a Minnesota duck call. He wants one with a Minnesota duck accent. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, that old man comes down. He's like, is this a Minnesota duck call? Mike says, sure it is. It's got a Minnesota accent and everything. That guy dropped 100 bucks for a duck call right there. What in the heck? <laughs> so, Corey lost out on a sale, but, you know. And I wouldn't be actually would not be surprised if some biologist somewhere was recording and, and broke it down in a, you know, minute yeah. digital scale of some sort and that they do have a regional dialect. I mean, it would make sense, right? I mean, I sure. think it would. Yeah. Why not? I think I've actually heard that marine mammals actually can have like accents like um, killer whales, mm. stuff like that. Like depending on yeah. where they're at, like they actually have a different sound, which I don't know. Well, the mallards sound like mallards to me, you know, down there. Sure, I'm sure. There, but well, you just pro- yeah. need a specialized ear, Matt. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what it is. I hadn't trained my ear to that yet. You don't speak. You don't speak. You're not fluent mallard. It's just you know. If you, if not you knew, yet. You knew. Nope. No, I don't think anybody is. I do wonder. No. I have wondered. This is a little bit of a tangent, but I have always wondered. Like, if somebody actually broke the code, like even with like with honker hunting or or ducks or whatever it might be. Like, if you really knew what sound meant what, like re- like really learned the language yeah. not just like what you kind of anecdotally well, works in the field but like you knew and you learned the the words of that language i think yeah. you actually at that point would be like at will could bring these birds in yeah pretty much you would think so and i'm but you've probably heard some crazy sounding ducks huh like every <laughs> once in a while you just get the something that just sounds oh, off yeah. and it's like even even honkers i mean you, you know they make some weird noises. Like there's some. Yeah. Like if my buddy would have just made that sound, I would have grabbed his call and threw it as far as I could. Don't, yeah. Don't ever do that again. When the birds yeah. are working, why did you do that? <laughs> you know, like yeah. they make some weird noises, crazy yeah. noises. But yeah, I don't know. So, anyways, that was a little side note. <laughs> you know, I was I was duck hunting in Bemidji, and I swear that somebody was hunting next to me. They set up like I didn't even see this guy come in, and they would quack. 21 times every time it's 21 quack like finally i paddle over there and a hen mallard jumps up and i'm i'm sitting there thinking (laughs) i thought that was a a human 21 and it was 21 every time and we sit there counting like this guy is out of control I don't know. Apparently not. So then the next Guess hunt, not. Matt's out there, 21, counting on his fingers like, wah, 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 yeah, wah, yeah. wah, 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 wah
she did. You think that she'd run out of breath? Was it all descending too? Was it like, like <laughs> all the way down? Like you know, in my in my mind it is. I don't know what I can't remember. Man, you would, you'd be like going through octaves at twenty one. You'd be like, yeah. <laughs> starts up in here. Yeah. By the yeah, time I don't she know. finished. That's anyway, crazy. That, that was a that was a tan, that was a good tangent there. <laughs> Hell, yeah. welcome to my brain. Yeah, right. I, I think about I think about weird stuff. Um, so then you're you're in New Zealand, and he said then you went to Australia. Yeah. Um, where there's like no hunting over there unless it's like yeah, not much cats, and then yeah. um, like cat cat hunting's a big thing over there. Like they have hunting magazines with gripping grins where them dudes holding up a calico. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, you bring those bags. Yeah. It's like, I kind of want to get some of those magazines and just kind of randomly leave them around in like dentist's office around, and yeah. just watch people lose their minds. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. That's hilarious. You could probably just listen for the pops of people's heads exploding <laughs> behind you. You wouldn't even have to well, see we'll, it. When we get off the phone, I'm going to Google that, read, read a little, little bit about it. That sounds interesting. Oh, no. I never saw that. Yeah, no, they, they they hunt cats over there because they're feral. I mean, anything that isn't like native um, yeah. Australia, I think that's like the only things you can hunt there are the, the legit invasive feral stuff. But I know you can hunt kangaroos. I mean, people when I was there were talking about hunting kangaroo. And oh, that's true. They, the, they had some duck hunting because we sold i mean crazy we sold dvds to australia you know and so we had people there that would send us pictures of their duck hunts and definitely much more restricted than new zealand but you know a few yeah, people here and there doing sure. it D your videos were pretty awesome though i gotta say like they were they were just a lot of fun you know they weren't um like super flashy you know like you weren't trying to sell stuff i guess what i'm saying you know it wasn't like yeah. a informational promo for decoys or a camel pattern or anything like it was just dudes yeah. out hunting and and the raw motion and uh one of the things i always liked was that like you had the wins and the losses in there and there's yeah. always one there's always a lot of losses yeah i don't remember why <laughs> this one of the scenes always stuck in my head and and there was like uh i think you guys were hunting water you're standing it's it must have been early season because there's the cattails are still green and there's a, a flock of geese flying by, and everybody's ripping on calls, and they just keep going. And one of the people was just like, man, they didn't even think about working. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that line, and I was like, <laughs> I have said that line <laughs> so many times. Uh, I get it. <laughs> it's like more than pulling the trigger and watching a splash on the water. It's like that's like what connected me. I was like, oh. Feel your pain, brother. Like, yeah, I yeah. Hate that. That's the worst. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we really enjoyed the filming for sure. I mean, it was. It did kind of put a little bit of pressure on when you're trying to put something together, but you know, we we knew going into it that we didn't want to be like, you know, some other people that make DVDs. Not that there's anything wrong with a foils DVD or anything like that, but mm -hmm. it was just not our style. And I think we just hoped. I think this was the feedback that we often got, just like what you said. It, was, it just felt like that's, you know, that's how we grew up on, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's kind of uh, hopefully what we could capture and, you know, learn things as we go. And now that, you know, now all these years down the road, now I'm thinking, man, I'm so thankful more than anything that I have all those memories on film. And uh, oh, for I'm sure. actually just going through, I found all our old hard drives from, 
back in 2005. And so my kids are all going through them. There's some hilarious stuff in there from, from film and DVDs. You're like, oh, my gosh. Like, we, you know, we're idiots, you know. Or those are my <laughs> kids when they're two years old. You know, like all this stuff that you went – I didn't think about at the time how how great it is to have so much of that documented now, you know. And it's been fun. So. Yeah, for sure. So new technology, old technology. My Yeah. What did you guys use to edit back then? Yeah, we used, it was just Final Cut at the beginning, you know, from the beginning, I guess. We've always used Final Cut. I don't remember what version it was. Maybe it was version one. I don't even know. Uh, I mean, you can make videos on your phone now. I mean, like, full yeah. on edit right from your phone, like, unreal. Yeah, yeah the cam like, I look at the camera we started with. I think it was, like, a Canon G2 or something, and it was always the tapes. And the tapes would get dirty in the field. Half your home would get ruined. You had to take them out, put them, you know. We didn't have a digital camera until the last year we filmed. Because we filmed we filmed four DVDs and we filmed one year. I don't even know if most people know this. We filmed one year for the Outdoor Channel for another company. And they gave us a camera to use. And uh, we're like, oh my gosh, it's digital. You know, and. It was like, whoa, this is so high tech. It was great. I didn't even but, think about that, that it would be cassettes. Like, that's how far so, removed that we are from where we are and where we've been. Like, that's crazy. And now, so with, dig- with digital, we just drag and drop, right? Or yeah. Import. With tapes, put them in this tape reader that attaches to your computer. It has to run through the entire tape to import. And so now if I go out and you have, like, six hours of footage... I get an import for six hours with a tape, you know, like terrible. Unreal. Like yeah. I can't even imagine the amount of time it must take. Yeah. Like we complain about it now. I mean, with, with, yeah. with recording on GoPros and everything else, it's like, Oh yeah, it's, you know, you should just leave them run yeah. all day, but then you got to go through and find the stuff you want. And then, Otherwise, yep. you got to hit record and stop, hit record and stop, hit record. Like, again, it's like yep. complaining about that. <laughs> and then, That's right. And then going back to, like, all of that, still, like, having to record hours and hours and hours of footage to get five minutes of actual usable crazy tape. You yeah, had to tape. go through the tape. Like, you had to yep. still run the whole thing just to get it into the editor. Yep. Oh, my gosh. It sucked. Yeah, but oh, well, we didn't know any better. Like, well, we I mean, that's just what it was, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you don't yep. realize how miserable it is to have to pump your water every day when it's yep. your, well, that's just how you get water until yep. all you have to do is turn a faucet and get your water. Then you're like, dude, yep, I'll pump. Get out of here with that. Yeah, <laughs> but if that's all you know, it beats walking 20 miles with the then walking back with a bucket on your head. So there's always, yeah. I mean, I found my myself complaining less because i work with now i work with a lot of refugees specifically from africa and i've been to the camps and hearing their stories you know like the other day i had a few guys with me and i was complaining about waiting in line at mcdonald's for like 20 minutes i'm like this is out out of control (laughs) and they're like they're like let me tell you something (laughs) we had to walk two hours just to get water that wasn't even clean you know i'm like um yeah i'm sorry you know like it puts it in perspective, yeah. though. I mean, I mean, sure it, is, does, man. it it's like 
it is still irritating. Like you can't you can't deny that the weights and the and the inconveniences of of life. Yeah, they're irritating, and you, and you have to keep them in perspective. But that's why yeah. the phrase first world problems" came about. So it's like so anytime true. I will complain about something, like I usually either preface it or I'll tag it with first world problems" I know, yeah, yeah. but we're aware of that. it's yeah. still really irritating <laughs> because <laughs> it can be better. It should be better, yep. and it's not, and that's why it's irritating. Yes, I would yep. not trade it to to live in the African bush. Like uh, that, that, that's. Yep. I understand that is like so far removed uh, from yeah. any annoyance I think I possibly have, but yeah, um, I mean, heck, Crazy. I was on, with the COVID and everything. You know, just trying to get tabs for your license right now is is oh, yeah. you might as well have to walk twenty miles uphill both ways. Yeah, uh, but I got I got mine the other day, easy peasy. Only a forty-five minute wait. Only wow. That's only. pretty good. See, that's I mean, only, yeah. like pre-COVID, I would have like I waited forty-five minutes. Yeah. I would have been absurd. I would have been so, yeah. I would have been so irritated. But now, in light of how things have been, I'm like, dude, it was only four or five minutes. Like I was in and out of there. <laughs> like, yeah. How is yeah. like, how yeah. is that in and out? I don't understand. Yeah. But everything's by comparison. Everything's relative. Now. Yep. And yep. yeah, who knows? We, who knows? The whole yeah. the whole thing could come crashing down and we'll be back to carrying <laughs> yeah. buckets of water up hills yeah. 20 miles Good. maybe not yep. minnesota very but. well very well yeah minnesota i don't know oh i shouldn't Let's have see. to walk too far to find water but that's true yeah <laughs> <laughs> at least yeah. Uh, yeah so then going back to australia so how long were you in australia we were in australia for a couple months uh in a city called adelaide it's a city of two million people just wow. on the south coast. Uh, yeah, I've never lived in a city before until, you know, there. And even, yeah, so it was definitely an eye-opener for me. Um, but we loved it. We loved it, and it kind of gave us a picture, I think, of what was next, what was to come. So, any, yeah, any, my, my any... wife worked with um, – my wife, wife uh, worked with an organization that helped rescue women out of uh, – prostitution and sex trafficking so i mean it was pretty intense too down there you know and i bet uh but it was really a really powerful time so wow any any uh any good snake stories australian snake stories or spider stories uh like everything yeah. down there just everywhere wants to, everything wants to kill you yeah. yeah you know when we got to the place we were staying it was it was this big building used to be an orphanage and was trying to be maintained by a few people. And we got there, uh, and we got all these warnings about brown snakes and everything else. And we get there, and it's just dead grass everywhere, like knee to waist high around the whole like, Oh, my gosh. Perfect snake habitat. It's everywhere, yeah. So we spent the entire first week mowing down grass, you know, like 100 yards in all directions so we could at least be outside without fearing for our life. And I remember... I'm mowing and I'm just like keeping my eyes out, my left, right, just waiting for something to attack me. And at one point, I see a tail slithering through the grass away from me. And I just chase that sucker down and I mowed it up. I don't know what it was, but <laughs> oh, that thing, thing wasn't going to get me. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Better yeah. safe than sorry. Yep. yep. Yeah. For sure. So, spiders see- everywhere. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I have a compulsion with like creepy crawly things. Like I have to 
I have to see him. I have to catch him. I have to, I have to mess with him. So I, that would probably be how I die. Cause even though I know, <laughs> like I just, I would see a brown snake. I positively identify it from 50 yards. I'm like, I have to go. I have to get closer yeah. to that thing. I gotta, I gotta get go. Closer I gotta go yeah. see that. Or I'd be, you know, I'd be like the American version of Steve Irwin, just running through the bush trying to chase down a monitor lizard or something. Just cause yep. like, I can't not. I don't. I mean, yep. I've at least stopped myself from trying to catch venomous snakes. I mean, I've seen a few rattlesnakes um, in my travels, but I do still have to get closer to them. I have to get. I have to get right yeah. up to them. And there was like one that could have easily bit me, and obviously thankful that it didn't. But I was like doing little mini rock climbing. Like it wasn't. You know, I was just messing around. It wasn't like. A yeah. big sheer cliff or anything, but like a little rock yeah. outcropping, maybe a 12, 15 foot, and I'd shimmy my way up there. Well, my yeah. hand's up, and I, you know, I put my hand up to grab a, a handhold, and I just hear that, <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> pull my hand back real quick, like, oh, my heart's beating just like out of oh, my man. chest. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, so and then I kind of take a different route, and I can still hear him rattling, and he's kind of starting to slow down, doing that, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. And I finally see him. And where my hand was, where I was grabbing, like, he was in a little tiny cave, I guess, if you will. And he was, like, below my wrist. Like, had he decided to hit me, he would have just hit me right in the underside of my forearm where, like, all the veins are. <laughs> like, it would have been, it was yeah. a little, it was a little tiny, like, timber rattler. Um, but I was like, I couldn't just leave it at that. I had to go get yeah. a stick. I was like, I want to get a better look at him. So I'm in here and I'm like poking at him, trying to pull him out so I can see him better. And all he like ended up stopped rattling. And he just kept trying to slither further and further and further back, get away from me. He wanted nothing to do with me. Yeah. Uh, but he must have just felt comfortable enough in his little hidey hole there that he just wanted to let me didn't, know I was there. Care. Yeah, because I was up on top of the mountain by myself. Like Jeez. it would have been, it would have been a bad deal. Um. And then yeah. So. That that's me yeah. with snakes. So that, probably... that wasn't me. Just you know, that wasn't me. And I, <laughs> you know, you're like, wow. Yep. <laughs> I got close, but I had a weapon. You know. Right, right, right. No, that'd be kind of yeah. cool. And so from Australia to Idaho. Yeah, Australia. Australia. We went back to New Zealand, and uh, yeah, came back Minnesota for a bit, and then Idaho. Oh, Minnesota we then up, Idaho. Yeah, Minnesota then Idaho, and uh, we were up at up at a camp of the mountains for two years. A lot of guys from Minnesota know Lake Cascade, mm-hmm. Monster Perch. I lived right by the lake. So, oh, man. Uh, I knew nothing about perch. In fact, when I lived there for two years, I didn't even bother fishing perch because I'm even, like, I'm from. Were they even there then? Like, it seems like the yep. Cascade Perch thing is a relatively new, like, five years. I mean, as far as, like, yep. getting infamous for it. I mean, really, like, yeah. just, like, crazy. Yeah. It was popular local, but yeah, okay. probably, you know, the word hadn't spread so like it, was it a has secret. now, you know. Yeah, it was a secret. I just fished trout. I'm like, man, Minnesota, you know, we can fish perch. That's what we fished for when nothing else is biting. And so I'm like, I'm going to go catch these trout, which I, you know, is a little bit more difficult to find back mm-hmm. in Minnesota. And so I just fished trout for two years. And then we moved to Boise, uh, which is about an hour and 40 minutes from there. And then I start hearing about all these perch. I'm like, you know, maybe I should have given that a try you know (laughs) and and so i went up there and the i remember the first big perch we caught i'm like oh that's that's what all the fuss is about they're like they are ridiculous 
yeah, I mean, dude, we were just out this weekend, and you know, average fish is 15 inches. And <laughs> That's average. Just, the, well, yeah, I mean, we've oh caught God. so many over 15, and you're oh you're thinking back in Minnesota, I think my biggest was 14 and a half, you know, and that was a huge fish. That's a monster, dude. And uh, yeah, 14 here, like, eh, we can do better, you know. So, <laughs> what's the biggest perch you've seen pulled out up there, like or heard about locally? Uh, well, my son caught one that was uh, two and a half pounds, and the biggest one that was caught out there recently was two point nine six or something like that. Almost uh, three pounds. What? Yeah. Unreal. Like, what? How many inches is that? Ah, uh, you know, my son's was only was not even fifteen. The one that was oh, it's just fat. but it's, it's just like they swallowed a tennis ball. I mean, they look wow. abnormal. What uh, the, the longest one I've seen is 17 inches. Oh, my good Lord. Yeah. I, oh, my gosh. It's insane, huh? I don't know what I would do with myself. Uh, like, I, yep. I, I I don't care about walleyes. Like, I, walleyes bore me. It's probably because, you know, growing up in Minnesota, it's all you hear is yep. walleye, 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 walleye. I'm not one to really follow, like, the crowd. So, just never my thing. But big jumbo perch man like there's something yep. about them and i start seeing these cascade pictures and i'm just like what is that thing yeah like you've you have got to be kidding me still surprised me everyone i catch i'm like wow everyone you know what it's what is pretty the, remarkable what makes them get so big up there what's the forage base perch yeah they eat more perch so the lake the lake was uh, overrun with pike minnow, or used to be called squawfish. Yeah. And it used to be a pretty good perch fishery, not like it is now. And there's always been trout, and they've had cohos in there and kokanee. Uh, and so now they've, you know, I don't remember when it was, maybe 10, 15 years ago, and they, they in the spring they would trap and kill all the squawfish. And so I think they did that for three years until the population of squawfish got down. And at that point, the part of the perch just took off. And uh, I don't know how much of this plays into it, but they started stocking a lot of trophy lakes in Idaho with, with tiger muskie, most of the time sterile, keep the fish from being stunted in trout lakes and perch lakes. And so the combination of, I mean, it's a really fertile lake. There's so much food. Like Devil's Lake, you could say, you know, just really – you know, a lot of food. They can eat whatever they want, and there are not many predators that are going to get them. The squawfish are thinned out. Um, they just take off, and I don't know. I, I mean, it seems too simple. Like, why can't somebody else duplicate that? Because but... <laughs> northern pike, dude. That's why. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge thing. In, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, having so, having a f it is important to have some apex predators in there though i think the tiger muskies probably fill that niche pretty good and yeah they can't reproduce so there's no there's yep. really no danger of them overpopulating or getting out of control because unless you all you gotta do is stop putting them in there and they'll die out yep, eventually exactly um yep. but so is there freshwater shrimp in there or the like nope no i you know the the perch i cleaned this last week all were full of of little snails that's where they're eating Really? really small snails. And that was it. That was the only thing. There wasn't, uh, you know, a lot of times I'll clean them, they'll be full of perch, but they were all full of snails. And uh, 
I don't know why they switched to snails because there's obviously there's lots of other food down there. I got my camera huh. down there. I'm watching, and uh, that's their that's what they're eating hmm. recently. Is there other mineral species and stuff that are in there? Uh, not not many other than like uh, trout fry or oh, okay. Um, but usually you catch perch or trout, and they're full of little perch. Oh, and, okay. So just little perch or yep, that's, just, that's the main that's the thing, main forage. You know? Wow. So. Huh. Well, they must have a decent, like, um, they must have good perch spawning habitat. Yeah. I would assume. Good good perch spawning habitat. You know what's crazy, though? There's no limit on perch. There's no limit on crappies. And there's no limit on bluegills. And they, I don't know, you know, maybe there'll be, I wouldn't mind there being a limit, but it doesn't seem like these areas are lacking in fish. Yeah, you know, it's I don't crazy. know that I would keep anything. I would keep one for the wall, I think. Or maybe, you know three just get three absolute you know three sixteens or something and just yeah you know yeah spend a grand and put them on the wall but i, I don't i don't know that i could put a knife to a 16 inch fish i just don't i, <laughs> I just i don't know that I have it in me uh yeah i don't think i've cleaned a 16 inch but i've cleaned quite a few 15s because after a while i'm like man i'm not getting anything smaller than this well right yeah now, so. at some point if you're gonna eat you gotta eat I yeah mean, that's crazy. So there's bluegills and crappies in there too? Not in that. There's a few crappies in Cascade, but in other areas there's good crappie fishing. And okay. mostly, you know, there's a lot of rainbows, and we catch a lot of big rainbows. Kokanee is really popular. Uh, I mean, it's one of the most popular fish, I think, in Idaho is for the locals is Kokanee. I don't usually ever fish for them. But, um, Are there lakers? Perching. Lakers in there? Or does it not get deep not, not Not in that lake. Uh, just north of there is a lake called lake payette which is the lake i fish lakers and it's like 300 feet deep and gets a ton of snow so the ice is never really great but when it gets hard enough that'll that'll be that'll be where we go fish lakers so never done that it's on my to-do list yeah say it every year and every year i don't do it but now that i got into this minnesota made outdoors tournament ice fishing club yeah it's like come january January, February are wash. I mean, if I'm not fishing a tournament, I'm pre-fishing. I'm scouting for it. So it's like, yes, yeah. that, that's the, there's just no downtime or spare, you know, spare time. Like all the fun fishing comes in December. So for yeah. me, it's like the earlier we get ice, the better, because then I can go sure. do some of these fun stuff. And then come March, I'm snow goose hunting. So yeah, yeah, just, man, the, the time You're just screwed. like time just goes like there's no i have no off season that's the other thing it's like one one hobby one interest just blends right into the next and yep yep uh, i just keep going but yeah you know, we're gonna have to at some point in time we're gonna have to just sacrifice yep a weekend to do it it's worth it you know we've gone many times well a few times my brother used to own a my brother mike used to own a canoe shop up in two harbors and we would take his sled dogs into the border waters and oh, fish that would be lakers awesome. and sleep overnight out there. And it was so much fun. That and would be he's amazing. Got, he's got so many big fish out of there. So the only reason I never really did it, it was, it's just like the unknown, like the lack of confidence in doing it. I've never done it. And he like, even yeah, before, I mean, I've been talking about this well before I even got into the tournament circuit, but it was like, where do you go? Like I can pay, yeah. I know I can know I can find a lake that has them in there. I can read the DNA dnr lake surveys this that and the other thing but it's like okay now you've you're to the lake where do i start drilling you know you're like i have no idea like yeah none that's so all like 
just that alone has has kept sure. me from going up there. But yep. And it's one more thing. Like you said, you can't do it all. But I really want to. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not not okay with that answer. Like, I got to figure out a way to make it happen. And, yeah, you're going to have to – I'm just going to have to sacrifice something. I mean, maybe this is the year. The first event of our season did not go well for us. Um, We did not place well. We came in 17th out of 30. So as far as chasing that team of the year. Yeah. Uh, unless some of those other top teams also do really bad on on an event, like we kind of need them all to do bad. It's just unlikely. Yeah. The season yeah. might not go that great, but yeah, obviously winning a lake is still, you know, getting a new plaque on the wall. There's so, still something to be said for that. Um, but if by some reason we have an event coming up this Sunday, if by some reason we finish poorly again, well, the season's a wash yeah. for sure. Like, and Lake Trout might sound more appealing, huh? I might, yeah, I might not. I mean, I'll, I won't quit. I mean, I'll still fish the events, but I yeah. could probably be talked into a weekend of lake trout fishing instead of scouting because at this point, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever yeah. happens, yeah, right. happens now. Um, yeah. Just completely out of the running, but maybe you never know. Yeah. The other thing yeah. I always talked about was going over to um, Lake Michigan for giant browns through the ice. Oh, man. That Sign looks like so much fun. Yeah. God, and again, that's something I say every year, and then every year I don't do it. It's just, yep. God, I need more I, time. We need to invent a calendar with a whole nother month in it. Do it. I'll sign up. <laughs> whole nother month of winter. I don't know how many people are going to get on board. Yeah, with that, you're not. But... Yeah, I don't. The petition might be a little short. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we gotta, winter gets a little long for me too. But yeah, if I well could... here in here in Idaho, winters are much shorter you know like it's 45 today like our duck season still going until the end of january and we usually get a return migration now you know like it's starting oh, yeah. to see birds paired up and but we have a river that runs right through town and it's got a bunch of browns but not anything like no. those lake michigan but it's fun i love brown trout it's probably my one of my favorite fish to chase, you know, they're amazing. Yeah, they are. They are really awesome. But when they get mm-hmm. to that like thirty-inch stage and they got that big kite hook jaw, oh, yeah, they just become an entirely different creature at that point. You're like, that's one of the weird things about just trout in general, right? Like steelhead. A steelhead is a rainbow trout. I mean, the little yep. tiny fourteen-inch rainbow trout you catch down a whitewater is genetically the same thing as a yeah. 15 pound 20 pound steelhead you know like yeah how does what how does that even happen and the mouth they change colors is is insane you know i catch because i don't know that much scientifically about trout but i just catch a lot of and so i'll show these pictures to guys and the the rainbow some of the rainbows the males i catch in the fall especially closer to december they turn they get a yellow to them and their cheeks are so red, and they look like they could be a cutthroat. But there's not a cutthroat within 50 miles of where I fish. Hmm. But in the fall, they just turn bright colors, and the males do. And I don't know. Pretty incredible. Caught a, I think I caught a couple of cutties in Idaho. We took a trip out west two years ago? I think two years ago. And we flew into, uh, flew into Boise, rented a car. Uh, went, well, thanks for calling, Dale. Yeah, well, you know, 
I, I didn't have your contact info at the time, or now I probably you know. would have. Uh, but yeah, we just took a, the the wife and I every year we do a trip somewhere, and we usually it we usually have very few things planned. We have like a start and an end, like where we need to fly out of, fly into, fly out of. We'll, we'll plan a few things here and there, but the rest is just kind of like wherever the road leads us, kind of a thing, which is what we did. Yeah. We went down, we uh, drove east to some like Twin Falls or something, I think it was called. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of neat, but it was very touristy, very not our style. Yeah. And uh, they were like, well, all right, well, that was, that was a fun 30 minutes. Now what? <laughs> like, I don't know, like the Sawtooth Mountains are pretty much straight yeah. north of us. Yeah. Like how, she's like, how far? I'm like, about an hour and a half, I suppose. Let's go. So we just yeah. pointed the car north, and went, and that was awesome. I mean, I'd never been – this is my yeah, first time beautiful. ever in Idaho. Yeah, it was just amazing. The the mountains there, you know, every you just every turn you're like, oh, oh, yeah, ooh, oh, because it's just <laughs> it's the the scenery just is so different. Like each yeah. little mountain is its own thing, and then each side of the mountain is its own thing. It's man, yeah. it's amazing. We ended up so the the day was getting long. We're like, okay, we need to find a place to stay. We found a little town called Stanley, a couple hotels yeah. in it. They had a Freaking sweet, yeah, dude. That town is great, dude. Like I, this is. I was like, this town, this this thing is awesome. Yeah. What was tripping me out, and we got there later. uh, We always go like the first week of May. That's when our anniversary is, and so the steelhead run was over. But that's what was tripping me out. Was like, steelhead run this far, from the Pacific Ocean. These trout swim all the way to Idaho to spawn. Yeah, that's incredible, dude. I think it's the longest run. I don't know if it's in not maybe not the world, but North America or I don't know. I don't know what it is by miles, like by as the crow flies. But what would that be in river miles? Like, well, I know it's over. I think it's over a thousand (sighs) river miles. That's unreal. It's insane. Yeah. And this is not a slow river. And this isn't even this isn't even the snake. This is just a trip whatever the river is that runs the through Stanley. Salmon salmon river there, yeah. Oh my god. I like I was like, what? This is ridiculous. You know, I fished it. I didn't catch anything. Um but then as we then we just continued from there we left and again we didn't know where we we're going. We kinda had a plan, like because we did have a, a cabin rented in um Malala, Oregon. And yep. then that was where we're going to – our last few days we're going to be there, and then we're going to drive up to um, Portland and fly out. Yeah. So we just – I can't remember where we were trying to get to, but I took like, I took a wrong turn out of Stanley, just right out of the gate took a wrong turn. And let me tell you, you take a wrong turn in the mountains. Yep. <laughs> it's going to add a couple hours to your trip. <laughs> when yeah. I finally realized, yeah. I'm like – I feel like I don't think we're going in the right direction. And, sure, and of course, you don't have cell service either most of the time. Yeah. So I finally get cell service, and I pull out the map. I'm like, oh, my God. We're n- oh, we are nowhere near <laughs> where I thought. I'm like, okay, reroute. Let's All right, now change the plans. Let's, let's head for here. Somehow I take another wrong turn. And d- that doesn't dawn on me until I start seeing signs for Montana <laughs> billings. Uh. I was like. Billings. Yeah. 
There's a Billings in Oregon. What, what the hell? I was supposed to be headed into Washington. <laughs> like, what is? Oh, so I think we were trying to get up to Coeur d'Alene or something. And yeah. I was like, ah, oh, crap. And now, now it's getting late. But going back to that, like, the time just goes by so fast. Like, that day, we were literally, we literally drove for 12 hours. It maybe felt like three to me. <laughs> Because it was just yeah. like every turn was something new, and you're looking and like, oh, wow, there's bighorn sheep, or there's this, or there's that, or look at that river, yeah. oh, look at that great, oh, it's a cute little town. And we'd stop and we'd get food, and and I don't remember where this town was. Could could not find it on the map today. If I tried, it was not the smallest town, but it wasn't a big town by any stretch. Had the best fish sandwich of my life. Wow, wow. It was this little like drive-in place. Like you pulled up to the window and then you parked and they brought your food out to you, and they made I think they made their own bread I think but it was just like I can't I can't even describe it was just it was like the most amazing fish sandwich I've ever had <laughs> and then like I can't remember my wife she ordered some I can't remember what she ordered but she said it was really good and it's like I would come back here for this fish sandwich well, but I don't remember where it was. <laughs> It even if it sounds like even if you knew where it was, it might take you a while to get there <laughs> right, with your directions. Right. Let's give yourself a couple days because I'm probably going to get lost a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, but it was, you know, that was just kind of our style. So we made it to dark. We made it to like uh, right to the border of uh, Washington, yeah. Idaho. We we got a room there, and I don't remember what town that was. Um, yeah. But then, uh, you know, Walla Walla was like an hour away. I'm like, wow, that sounds like a fun town. It's just fun to say. Let's go to Walla Walla. Yeah, that's right. So we went there. It's kind of found a cool little bookstore. That the wife loves bookstores. It got, uh, we had breakfast there, hit the bookstore, and then headed out. And then we pretty much beelined. Now, now we're like, now we're short on time. It's so like we got to go straight to the, straight to the yeah. VRBO, and and that was pretty cool. That was a really fun town too. But in those mountains, I would pull over from time to time, and I had a little travel rod with yep. me just a little spin cast rod and yep. i'm fairly certain i caught a couple cutties a couple yeah. cutthroat little tiny yeah little tiny guys yep um but it was that was pretty cool it's trout just, are amazing i love uh, trout i love i love trout fishing i mean i do it yep. i do it here mm, not that much i don't get caught up it's like the one fish i really don't care how big or small they are like it's the yeah the journey is like all of it Cause there's a spot yep. up on the North shore I'll go to the Beaver river. And oh, I just yeah. love that river. It's got big giant rocks and boulders and it, it's super steep as it cascades down to Lake Superior and all those little tiny pools as you know, tiny, like the size of your car hood and you just drag yeah. a little spinner through there and you'll catch a ton of these little tiny yeah. eight inch, you know, trout. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. I just have the best time doing that. And, Yep. Size just doesn't matter. It's just like the getting there, the scenery, like all of it is just so cool. Yeah. It's about the journey. I think as we're getting older, right? Like that's with duck hunting or with anything, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, it's not necessarily about the limits. I mean, I shoot, still like to shoot birds, but. Oh, sure. For sure. The, jur- the journey of it. And we're maybe we're becoming more like Chuck, you know? Well, I don't know. Just, but to me, but I've always, I've always liked that part though. Like that isn't yeah. even that isn't even like me getting older thing. That's just like sure. I've always liked that aspect, that element of it. Yeah. But yeah. for sure, there is definitely a change. Like I am to that point, 
which is probably a good time for me to start guiding because I don't need to be the one that catches the fish. I don't need to be the one that shoots the bird. I love yeah. watching people's firsts, you know. Yeah. We had I had a one of the people I uh one of the groups I guided this fall for honkers that came from Colorado. It was a grandpa, father, son, and the the dad set it all up. He just kind of and it was pretty cool cuz he just kind of came to realization he's like we live a pretty privileged life inner city like my son's never experienced any of this i just want to expose him to it and then my grandpa wanted to come along so then we planned this trip and you know here we are so you know that's awesome i got to be a part of each one of theirs first goose ever you know first time that kid shot a gun he killed a goose (laughs) that was pretty cool wow yeah i mean that's that's amazing it's about as rewarding as it gets right there like it really is i don't need to pick up a gun. Like it's like that's cool, dude. That's just yeah, that's awesome. So yeah. what are you what are you doing in in Idaho right now? I see you're posting a lot of pictures. You're being a little more active on social media. Um, I see. And uh, the recent picture I saw is you and a bunch of kids out on the ice. It looked like. Yeah, that was speaking of first. That was their first time ever on the ice. Uh, I'm trying to think. We've done two now youth events. The first one was this fall, and uh, we took a group of kids that we've connected with for the last four or five years that came to Boise as refugees and from different parts of Africa. And so most of them are missing a family member, a father. Most of them is a father. So I think that's to fit in kind of naturally and just kind of become – that if it works out with them and uh, teach them some things that maybe a father should teach kids. And uh, so we went out, my boys and these guys are all great friends. And this fall we went out fishing for the first time. They never held a fishing pole before. They speared some stuff in Africa. And uh, we taught them how to, I should have never done this, but we're flinging rappelers. That was a, <laughs> oh, a no. big mistake. <laughs> and I, only a couple of kids got hooked. And I only. You know, wasn't that. I, I bent the barbs. I did. I did that. So, uh, but those boys caught eighty trout over the, our two days of fishing. Uh, wow! And they, you know, the biggest one was twenty-one inches. Well, that's a good one. And yeah, nice rainbows. Uh, so this recent one was their first time ice fishing, and I would have thought it would have been less tangles, but it was way more. You know, like I never thought to tell them you don't have to cast it. Oh, you know, no. like. Like, no concept of ice fishing. Oh, no. Casting and, and you know, like, I mean, they, I look over at one point and this kid's socks on fire, you know. He's too close to the heater. And I'm like, oh, what have I done? So. Oh, man. Uh, so, kids from Africa being on ice, how was that received? That I, I mean, they be... loved it. They loved the adventure. They loved because... You know, I've known these guys since they arrived, and they uh, they love the adventure, and they love my stories of hunting. I was actually just over visiting with a family tonight, right before I got on here with you. And the, one of the, the boys, who's my middle son's age, uh, 16, he's, he's begging me to go hunting. He's like, I've heard stories in Africa, and I mean, I love hearing their hunting stories. They are oh, way more adventurous. Dude, like, I can only my imagine. Brother, my brother grabbed a lion cub and ran from the mom. Like, okay. Yeah, I haven't done that, but you know, so they're they're wanting to be a part of these adventures that you and I have done the last however many years, you know, and they've seen the pictures like 
I can really go harvest a deer here, you know, like their family is like, that would be the greatest thing ever, you know? And so I was over last night talking with a father and he was uh, asking questions like, can we snare them? You know, cause that's how he, and I'm oh, like, sure. oh, we're going to be using guns or bows. And so, you know, with your permission, I'll teach your son how to do this. And he's like, yes, I'll buy the license. I'll buy your license. He's telling me, I'm like, no, you know, that's okay. So, you know, trying to get, uh, some of these guys a part of you know, what we love doing. And, you know, so many great conversations come about when you're doing stuff like that. It just comes natural, right? Like, you know, to sit some boys in a classroom and try to have meaningful conversations is difficult, but you get them out, you know, flinging rapplers and snagging trees and catching trout and chasing ducks or elk and everything changes. You know, you're living life with them and open book, man. And so, uh, that's that's my my full time job. Actually, is that I work with uh, a nonprofit called Youth of the Mission in Boise. I started the, the organization here in Boise, and most of it is helping. Um, I mean, it's not just refugee families, but it's low income people and refugee families. Kind of, you know, there's a lot of cracks. There's a, there's a lot of government options out there for people in low income, but there's a lot of cracks that are met, and so we come in and do driver's training, English classes. If they want to have Bible study, we do that. If they want to um, do job applications, you know, we have all of these things that my wife and I and our team fills in. And let me tell you, if you ever want to learn how to become a praying man, you just teach a 16-year-old boy from Africa how to drive, you know, like that. <laughs> like, I've, I don't know how I'm still here talking to you, honestly, but like that is, uh, that's been that's what we do. It's in that we're kind of doing what we actually, well, one of the things that was birthed out of NWF was our youth trips. You know, we did um, quarterly, we would do our, we did in the fall, we did our rise, kill and eat trips, which was three days of, you know, playing in the mud, eating bacon, shooting ducks, whatever. And then we did our monster pike weekend up on Lake of the Woods and big horns and then Wyoming and, and another couple other trips. But, um, so that was birthed out of MWF as well. We had so many guys from MWF that supported that with just passing on gear. You know, I'd go down to game fair and, you know, I'd bring back knives and shotgun shells. And, and so what started there, you know, I was thinking last year, I'm like, you know, what? I, we could do that with these guys. I mean, they're eager to do it. And, uh, so there we go. That's a lot. I didn't know what the question was or what we're talking about. But <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just go to here, it. <laughs> here's where we're. Here's where we're at. We haven't even touched on aliens yet, so we have a lot of ground yeah. to cover. Um, <laughs> this this podcast can go anywhere. <laughs> I, I don't really steer it. I don't have like a list of questions that I'll, here's what I'm going to yeah. answer. I probably should. It would make me a better podcaster. Um, that's just not. It's never really been what I wanted this to be. Like this. Yeah. What I, my my. Uh, vision for this podcast was always really loose, really uh, casual conversation um, was supposed to like mimic or mirror those conversations you have when you're fishing or hunting yep. or in the duck yep. blind and, and stuff like that. That's those what this is ones. always supposed to be that. So I don't, I don't steer it. If it goes off the rails and we talk about sports or comic books or who, it doesn't even matter your favorite yeah. car or it, honestly it doesn't matter I, i'll never like tell someone like okay i don't want to hear about that it's like no i want to hear all about it <laughs> well i'll pull it back eventually yeah. we'll get back on yeah. track but 
just if you're going, I'm just gonna let you go, dude. Yep. <laughs> that's where the good. That's where the. That's where the gold is. That's how you. That's yeah. how you mine the good stuff. That's true. Um, you know, it's it's really cool that you're that you're doing this stuff for those youth. You know, my um, I'm a preacher's kid. My dad was a, a preacher. Um, almost went down that route myself, but uh, just just wasn't wasn't a good fit for me. Um, hey, there's still time, Dale. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe maybe there's a there's a different ministry out there for me in yeah. the, in the woods and the water. Yet it's it's definitely possible. Um, there is something that I do want that uh, kind of along the same lines that I, that I've been meaning to do, and uh, I'll be brutally honest. Like this was kind of a promise I had made to to God or the universe, the powers that be, whatever you want to call it. Um, that as I got this going, that I was going to take like. Um, I always had this dream, that daydream, back when I was a kid, fishing from shore, fishing off a pier, and I'd see these guys running around in these nice boats, and I'm always like, man, I wish one of them guys would just come pick me up. Like, you know, so I always said to him, it's like, if I ever get a decent boat, I'm going to do that. I'm going to boat around, yeah. and I see some dude, some kids fishing there. I'm going to be like, hey, guys, you want to go fishing? And then from that, it kind of grew in my head, like, I would love to get sponsors on board, like have a couple of brand new rod and reel setups and a little tackle box all pre-made up with stuff. And then, you know, I take them fishing for a couple hours or whatever. And then when I drop them back off, I'd be like, hey, guys, you forgot your rods and reels, you know, thinking yeah. that they were just using my stuff. But like, no, no, those are yeah. yours now, you know, like yeah. take those. And it's something I've always wanted to do. And I haven't followed through yet on yeah. that on that promise. And, and it, it's Sounds I, like a good this, one. this summer I need to. This summer, I definitely need to, you know, take a Sunday every one Sunday a month and just and just do it up, drive around. I won't have a plan. I'll just pick a random, a random lake and boat around till I, till I find somebody. You yeah, know, seems kind of weird in this day and age too to just go pick up kids. You know, but it's like <laughs> I feel like with today's technology, though, the kids are gonna have a cell phone on, and I will like be like, hey, is is your are your parents around? Are they at the park or yeah. whatever here by yourself? Like, can you give them a call real quick? I just want to introduce who I am. Let let them know what's going on, and yep. you know, I'm not kidnapping you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, here's my yep. name. Here's whatever. We're just. I just want to take you fishing for a couple hours. Yeah, so, that'd be a lot of fun. Some, some happy it. kid, man. That'd yeah, that'd be, be cool. And I'd get. You know, at some point you got to give back a little bit, and yeah, like, it's like right out of the gate. I've kind of that was something I've always wanted to do, and I need to hold myself to task and get that done. So. Feel free to yell at me in the summer and make follow up. Make sure I'm doing it. Uh oh, I think I lost you. I'm gonna keep talking and hopefully um, my dial up here will uh, catch back up. Come on, Frontier, let's go. Uh, for those that are sticking through it, I apologize for the uh, for the bad audio. I'm not sure if it's on my end or there we go. All right, yep, and we're back. There we go. Okay. I hear you. I kept talking. Yeah, just both yeah. screens just went blank. I don't have the best uh, internet here in okay. uh, Stacy, Minnesota. I don't know if it's on my <laughs> end or your end. The audio here and there has been pretty robotic at times, but I'm just going to go with it. It is it is what okay. it is. Uh, I can hear you clear. Yeah. But, oh, that's yeah. good. Okay. You've been, yep. you've been coming through a little okay. pixely at times, but – I think it's fine. The conversation this far has been been pretty good. I don't know how much time you have. Um, this is I got I got twenty nine percent on my phone. So whenever you, uh... <laughs> I could talk forever. Um, but so, what kind of thing? Like, where is your vision 
um, right now? Like, what's what's your path forward at this point? Yeah, that's a great question, man. Uh, I mean, I love what I do right now. So at the moment, it's hard to picture anything else. You know, like, I wake up in the morning and I'm excited for the day. Uh, I've got, I get to visit lots of families. Uh, and I get to hang out with lots of cool people. Um, I think, I mean, ultimately, I think my wife and I would love to be overseas somewhere. You know, we visited a lot of places and obviously I I get the question all the time. There's, there's obviously need in the States. And if that's the case, you know, I mean, we'll stay here for as long as we need to be, but there's a lot more people willing to stay here than go to some of the most difficult places in the world. And I think we're willing to go wherever it is that, that we're needed. So, uh, you know, we've visited a lot of different countries. We've been a lot of places in the world the last few years and seen some pretty horrible things and, and there's nobody there. And so I think if there would be a change in the next few years, I think that'd be the change us move into an area that's, desperate for need for aid for sure. help so well i mean i think it's i think that's great i mean I, I you know i get the argument like well there's people in need here yeah but there's also a lot of resources you know there's yep, exactly um tons of organizations and and yeah it's not perfect there is always going to be somebody in need um yep and it's not to diminish that but there's there are places in the world that are severely lacking in resources and it also takes, I mean, to give you some credit, it also takes a certain individual to go, to be willing to do that, to go, to, sure. you know, to, to take on the risks involved with going to a third world country, um, yeah. you know, put, you know, not just exotic diseases as just one small thing of, you know, here we are <laughs> facing COVID pan, global pandemic in, in our own country, but, you know, malaria is pretty much off the table. As far as if you yeah. you know you get bit by a mosquito in in North America, you're not too concerned, you know. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, it's no, it's an average day. <laughs> in Africa, it's a very real risk. Like, yep. I wouldn't even worry about the mambas. Like, worry about the mosquitoes, dude. <laughs> like, they're that's, the ones. That, they're the ones true. you got to work out, look out for. I mean, that's that's true. Yeah. So I don't know. I uh, you know, we started filming again. You know, just recently. And that was kind of born out of, you know, my kids didn't have school. So we got them the video equipment and final cut and uh, trying to give them some skills and, and enjoy something, doing, doing something together, you know, cause I don't know what it's like where you're at, but school has either been hybrid or all online. Here. Yeah. That's the same. And, and it sucks. You know, I hate having my kids stare at computers all day and they hate right. it. Right. Um, and I, so we've been filming a lot and my kids have been kind of learning that. And actually right now, like my son gets paid every day from TikTok. I don't understand TikTok. Does he really? I, he's got so our old hat our old hat is our new uh is our new banner, our new name, old hat outdoors. And he created something on TikTok and it just exploded. I don't know how many he's got like fifty five thousand followers on, or something like that. Hold on, let me go there. I don't, I don't even know I, what it's called to be honest, but he, he gets said paid old, every day. He had old hat, right? Is that what you said? Yep. Well, if I yep. search that, I should find it, right? Maybe. I think so. Old yeah. hat. Old hat TikTok. Outdoors. Is that what it's called? Yep. 
Outdoors. Let's see. Old hat TikTok, old maybe hat. old hat tick. Uh, let's see. Old hat. I should know this. Outdoors, all one word. Fifty-two. Uh, fifty-two point six. Wow, dude. Like that's Trace Keller. That's him. There it is. All right, I'm follow. I clicked the follow button. Now he's got <laughs> one more. Yep. That's pretty crazy. I don't. I don't TikTok too much because it is a black hole you can get lost in. Um, it is. But it's. Uh, it's. It's it's crazy that people can get paid for that. Like it's, but but more power to them. I mean, I yeah. mean, whatever. If you're, if you're producing content that people are interested in, then, I mean, then it then it has value, right? Yeah. So he's. I mean, I my hope was to give them some tools, you know, doing something we already love, and maybe even make a living off of it. You know, in high school, and you know, if he can get paid on TikTok every day, now we're getting paid through YouTube every day, and. Uh, yeah, if that if that's something he can run with, and maybe he won't, and maybe we just kill it after a few years, but we're sure having fun doing it to get together, you know. Sure. How uh, old? Are they, how? What are the ages of all your kids? My oldest son, Indiana, is eighteen. He lives back in Bemidji. He's actually driving out here tomorrow to finish off duck season. Nice. And then uh, Trace is sixteen, and then the youngest is Perrin. He's fourteen, and so all the boys are a part of it, and um. Just kind of working together, you know. Is he going? Just kind of going yeah. to shoot some golden eyes out there, or what? What's the, what's the target? That's his target. Goldies. Uh, he really wants to shoot some goldies because we've got so many of them, and nobody hunts them. Uh, God. So yeah, I I went out yesterday for a few hours and just kind of sat on an island and kind of scouted around a little bit, and you know it was forty five and sunny with no wind, so there wasn't much moving, but. I had a lot of birds in the decoys. It was cool. So, <laughs> yeah. Again, chalk that up to things I talk about and never do. But the yeah, the chasing goldies out in Idaho would be would be pretty awesome. You can get some barrels out there, don't you? Yeah, we get barrels. We had a friend of mine who hunts a lot of goldies. He came out here just for that, and I think everybody got not everybody got barrels except him. But I think he did some research and he said like one in fifteen is a barrels. Wow, that's and pretty so, common. Yeah, we've shot we've shot bear, really nice drakes, and I uh, didn't really care about them until we realized, oh, this is not a normal golden eye. <laughs> and uh, did some more research. I'm like, oh, this is a duck I've never shot. You know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's some. I don't know why. You know, they just winter here in big, big numbers and um, and low pressure. Yeah. I mean, how's the, how's the honker hunting out there? I, I've I've heard it's a sleeper state. I mean, not that again, not that many people chase them. Yeah, I mean, honker hunting's great. I'd stop in Montana before you got here. I mean, really, way more geese. I think you're just but saying that. Keep, you're just saying that to keep people out yeah. of Idaho. Stay Idaho. I, I haven't <laughs> seen a goose this year. I mean, we've got. I mean, this is going to probably sell licenses here now, but we've got spring specs, spring snows. You have a you spring know. spec season? Yeah. When does that Crazy. kick off? Uh, it starts, yeah, I have no idea. It's soon. Like, first week of February, second week. So everything's migrating through. Yep. Hmm. Goes into March, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Hmm. You don't say. We got, yeah. we actually was uh, not, when was last fall, not this past fall, but a year ago fall. I shot my first specs ever. We hunted North Dakota, and they usually blast right through. Um, but for whatever, there was a really early, uh, early October like blizzard, dumped a ton of snow in the Dakotas, 
And I don't know how that could possibly stall out birds that generally fly a mile high and don't stop till they hit Arkansas. Yeah. But for whatever reason, that seemed to stall them out. We started hearing, and we already had our trip plan, but we started hearing about reports of people shooting not just a spec, but like getting limits of specs. And so we headed out there, and one of the first big like snow goose feeds we saw, we got out kind of to scout it and see it. And as soon as we stepped out of the vehicles, we could just hear them. Yeah. That double, that little double note, they were like, oh, yeah. We are so shooting specs tomorrow. Everybody's jacked up. And yeah, we did. Like, we shot a bunch. I mean, it's great. There's one of my freezer right now. I still got to bring to the taxi, but that was so cool. But a spring season would be even better yet because anybody yeah. that's ever hunted spring snows knows how irritating specs can be because they decoy like a dream and there ain't nothing you can do about it nope (laughs) sit there and watch specs and pintails oh god it it did it was there was a lot of redemption there was a lot of emotion (laughs) of payback when we finally got to shoot into these flocks of of specs uh when it finally came together there there definitely was some ha Take that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you and your brothers. Yeah. All that oh, time. Man. All those springs. Payback. <laughs> that was, oh, sweet, man. Yeah. And they're yep. tasty. They're they one are of the good. best tasting geese, yep. man. Oh, they're so good. I mean, like pretty Delicious. much like all waterfall, but on the hierarchy of, of table fare, specs yep. and specs and snows are right up there. If I if I had yep. to choose, I would I would choose them before a honker for sure. But yeah. I don't turn yeah, my nose too. at honkers either. No. They're yeah, awesome. I'm going to actually do – we're doing a video tomorrow, me and the boys, how to how to eat goldeneye, how to clean and eat goldeneye because uh, we've – I don't know. We think that they've they've earned a bad reputation, and uh, I've had some bad goldeneye. But like with most, it was probably overcooked. So, yeah, that's, that's we found usually, a pretty good way. That's usually the case. Pretty good way to cook them. Yeah. yeah. What's what's the secret? Uh, well, you have to watch. No, uh, <laughs> we, you know, most of them are so plump fat. You're like, wow, this would be a picker, you know. And so we we pick the breast completely. So you got that fatty, you get that fat skin on there, and that, that which that can't be half easy inch of, on a diver. Well, golden eyes pick really easy. Really, like they pick really easy. It's the skin that doesn't come off. So then we tried, well, let's just leave the skin on because we do that with some other ducks. We'll pick them, leave the fatty skin on, and then we'll soak them. You know, I just soak them in a little bit of water you know, overnight. And, I mean, other people soak them in buttermilk or yeah, coke. Well, what you're doing is drawing the blood out. It doesn't matter what you soak it in. Yep. And so, and then we grill it skin side down. Okay. And it's, you know, it's that, that grease fire almost right away, but it gets oh, yeah. nice and crispy. And you flip it back over, and you're just cooking it just a little bit on each side. Yep. Middle still pink, a little bit of garlic salt, maybe some Lowry's, or just seasoning you like. And it's less is my more. son looked at me and was like, dang, that's really good. All right. So, well, I mean, that's kind of how I like to do mallards. You get a nice yeah. fatty mallard, I do it the same way, you know? Yep. Uh, I learned mm-hmm. that from the, the late, great. Um, Oh man, I can't think of his name. Uh, no reservations. Anthony Bourdain. He did oh, an Arkansas yeah. yep. duck hunt, and he was down there, and he was. T- and and those guys are like, man, if you can show us a way to cook duck that it tastes good, we're all ears because we've tried <laughs> it every which way. And of course, Anthony was like, you got to be kidding me! Like, yeah. like duck is like the most prized protein on the planet. 
Yeah. And they literally come prepared with the best cooking medium and duck fat that you could possibly purchase. Yep. Yeah. So that's basically all I did is they they plucked the breast, left the skin on, he's skin side down until yep. all that fat rendered out. And then, you know, got crispy, flipped it over. And, of course, on that side, you can only cook it for a little bit because there's no insulation. Yep. Took it off, let it rest, you know, cut it uh, along the bias. And it perfectly medium rare. And you could just see on – you could see on their faces, like, holy crap. And and salt, pepper, garlic powder, that's all he did. And he did that on purpose. He's like, I'm I'm going super basic on this just because I want to showcase how you guys have been screwing this up. Your yep. entire life, you know, yeah. it was like, like man, that looks good. I gotta try that. And I was already, yeah. eating, I was already eating and enjoying duck before I saw that that program. Yeah. But I was like, I'm gonna, that just looks good. I'm gonna try that, and pff, that's the only way to do it. I mean, it's, yep, oh, it's so good. Try it with a golden eye sometimes. See, you yeah. think. I, I think it tastes good. So I have to. I mean, yeah, you know, everybody's palate is a little bit different, but yep, um, that's true. You know, I did it with, you know, oddly enough, I did it with um some blue wing teal this year. And mm-hmm. it did not have the greatest flavor. I don't know mm. if it was what that teal was eating, um, but the the fat did not have a very pleasant taste to it. So, Interesting, huh? Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. Blue wings, if that matters. It was yeah, kind of weird. I don't know. Yeah. But what are you going to do? Interesting. I still ate it. It just was yeah. like not that's, the best yes, duck I ever had. That's what you're going to do. You're, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like <laughs> you owe it to you. I'm like, well, I killed it yeah. and I cooked it. Yeah. I'm going to eat this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I mean, you know, you only have a teal breast is yeah, <laughs> three that's inches right. long. One so, bite, so it's not like you're sitting at the table for an hour trying to choke <laughs> something down. <laughs> Chew it up, wash it down with a beer, you're good to go. Yeah, um, yeah, no but kidding. yeah, that's dude, those golden eyes. You know, Seth Fighter. I don't know if you know who he is, but he's a professional mm-hmm. bath, bass angler from Minnesota, and in the small window of time when he's not. You know when the when the pro bass circuit is nothing's going on, he has been known to go out to Idaho and and shoot golden eyes. And I hmm. see his social media stuff. I'm like, yeah, you know, long after our season is closed. Yeah, you know, like right now in January, he's out there shooting yeah. shooting golden eyes. I'm like, man, you you wouldn't believe the numbers of them. I mean, it's really incredible. I mean, what's the limit? Yeah, seven, seven. Yep. Seven mallards, seven golden eyes, seven wood ducks. Oh, it's just yeah. seven anything? Seven of anything? No, nah, uh, they still have can, cans, redheads, and cans, redheads, pintails. I, I don't know, remember what it is, but. They have lower limits? Yeah, yeah, lower limits. Do you get many yeah. wood ducks out there? Yeah, really? crazy. Okay. Mixed in with the golden eyes. Really? <laughs> I, yesterday I was. Yeah, he didn't come close enough, but I, I had a really nice Drake Wood Duck fly right over the Golden Eye decoys. In January would be the time to get one for the wall. You won't oh. get one more plumed out. Te- yeah, um, unbelievable. Huh. Yeah. Did, so, that is I, something I did not know. I didn't. Yeah, a lot of Wood Ducks along the Snake River. And huh. they eat, a lot of them eat, you know, in Minnesota, you know, acorns or yeah. out in the grain fields. And they eat Russian olives, which is the same thing the pheasants eat here. And uh, they're right on the banks of the river, and that's where the wood ducks are, just like a, just like it's picking acorns. Hmm. But they're so eating olives. They don't I don't even know if they migrate. You know, like they just say that you see them opening day, and you see them four months later when the season closes. Crazy. So that that's that is look at that. Look at me learning something new about ducks. Yep. All these years, Matt, you're still teaching me things. 
<laughs> well, you don't know if it's true or not. Well, that's true. Uh, I guess there's only one way to find out. I guess I got to go out there. So now I really got some choices if I if I if I yeah. crap the crap the bed here in this next tournament. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm gonna sacrifice a weekend. I can either go lake trout fishing. It sounds like I just need to come to Idaho. I could cross off lake you, trout. You could get them all. Yeah, I could cross off of barrows. Uh, what else could I cross off out there that I haven't done? Mm. Um, what else is God, available? Well, right I do now. still need to elk hunt, but that's off the table right now. Um, yeah, but that is uh, archery season with elk is gonna have uh, some year. The early I'm gonna have to sacrifice the early goose season here in Minnesota to to head out west somewhere for yeah. I, I I need to experience that those bugles screaming, screaming bulls. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I can literally only imagine. I mean, obviously I've seen videos, but from everybody I've yeah. ever talked to that's done it, they're like, videos do not do it justice. And you get out yeah. there in the mountains and you hear one of those things just, just yeah. start screaming. You're like, oh no, you know, is it coming? <laughs> is it coming for me? No, that has to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, oh, that's the other thing. So it's not really crossing something off off the list as far as something I haven't done. However, so I could see a very long extended weekend of shooting golden eyes, two pound lake, perch, lake trout, and two pound perch. Yep. <laughs> I don't. You know what? That that'd be a grand slam of sorts, right there. That that would be a fair sacrifice of a weekend. I think I yeah uh, I. I I, I don't think uh, I don't think my arm would have to be twisted too much for that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I I live here and it wouldn't take much, you know. No, like, that's that sounds like a good weekend. Heck yeah, dude! Um, a little bit of a drive. I don't know if, yeah. if it might make more sense to fly and rent a car. Just yeah, it's I'm a pretty always... quick flight, right? You know, it's not yeah. even three hours. Pretty yeah, nice. it would be pretty quick. I'm always just nervous about flying with gear. Fishing gear. I have had. They have yeah. broke a rod of mine before. It was a fly rod, yeah. and uh, I knew it was going to happen. Anyways, I had it in a case, and I was bringing. It, I had it like carry carry on, and then it was one of those like connecting flights where the flight was booked. You got to check your there. No overhead left, and I was like, oh, I do not yeah. want to. This isn't a travel case. Like it's a soft sided case. This is. There's no way these are surviving. <laughs> <laughs> and uh upon landing i looked at it everything seemed to look like it made it through so i'm like wow that was lucky so we go out fishing and the f you know first time i try to set the hook and i put any load in that rod it just <sighs> fiberglass i mean it's like just Ugh, it was just man. like i'm like oh yep they did it god i was so irritated Sucky. yeah oh no it's kidding. the worst so yeah i like I, and I don't mind drives, like I really don't. But it's just it's that much more time you have to take yep. off, and you know you got to give yourself time. a full day of travel each way. Yep. You know, yep. so it's like a three day trip is really a five day trip. Yeah. In all honesty, but when you can fly, that's yeah. Plus, then you got to fly with guns, which Nick Johnson tells me is really not that big of a deal. <laughs> um, he's actually it's like it's the greatest thing ever because you get to go to the front of the line once you declare you have a gun. They're like, oh, you go over to this other special line, and they he's like, you get special treatment. They they whisk you right through. I'm like, well, maybe I just need to do it, and then yeah, get, 
Whatever. You probably need to. It sounds like you have a list of things there. I got so many things I need to do. Peacock bass in Brazil. <laughs> uh, you name it. I mean, there's like, there ain't a corner of the world that doesn't have something I want to go pursue. Like, yep. I'm going to have to, you know. Somebody won the Powerball Maryland, so that was that wasn't me. So yeah. I'm gonna have to go to Plan B and just keep working for it, I guess. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> man, just cruel, 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 yeah. cruel world. Well, Matt, yeah. I appreciate you taking time out cool. and uh, talking. This has been great, and uh, I just want to thank you for again your time, but also like just you know having the. I guess thank your dad for having the. Yeah. The vision of, of doing the, the family thing, which led to Minnesota Waterfaller, which led to Friendships Made, which led to this podcast. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, it really did. I mean, I, yep. I, I mean, it's possible no, that cool. I might have ended up in the same place, you know, yeah, um, it, by some other venue. Yeah. Um, but looking back on it, as the you know, I, I have to give it credit where credit is due. I mean. Just, just a circle of friends, just a circle of yeah. sportsmen that I, that I, that I hang with. Almost all of them came from. Yeah, uh, that's Minnesota cool to hear. Dale. I don't so. know if I, I don't know if I should say you're welcome or I'm sorry, but you know. <laughs> but I'm, still, I'm very grateful. Awesome. It was, it's uh, I'm very grateful. So hit yeah. me with uh, your, like your mission and stuff, and like websites and stuff like that, and I'll make sure I put them in the show notes and and. Sure. And then any yeah, of your YouTube channels and all that stuff. Sure, yeah, I'll send them to you right after this. All right, perfect. Then I will cool. I will list them on that. So with that, um, again, yeah, just thanks very much. I yeah. hope all is well there in Idaho. And uh, if I ever do find my way out there, I'll shout. And yeah, Please do. That would be, I'd like to share a cup of coffee. That would be great. I love that. Sounds good, Dale. Cool. Thanks for your call. Thanks yep. for chatting. Thanks, man. Bye. Yep, bye-bye.